How's it going, everyone? Uh, this is Hayden Magme, and I just uh, realized while editing this video that um, I kind of uh, hit the wrong audio recorder. So the uh, the audio's not the greatest, but you can still make out everything you said. Just thought I'd put that in at the start of the video. So uh, thank you, and I hope you enjoy. How's it going, everyone? My name is Hayden Magme, as you may know. Welcome back to 20 Minutes or Less. Today I am joined with uh, one of my favorite artists of all time, Eric Maldridge, also known as Ariel Ruin. How's it going today? Good, good. Thank you for having me, Hayden. It's good to be here. Uh, this, um, How are you? I, I, I'm awesome today. I'm doing great. I had a good day, finished up some Christmas shopping and stuff, and I was... Just looking forward to this podcast all day. Excellent. So, um, so um, something uh, we were we were talking the the past couple of days, me and you, and uh, you said that uh, you were trying to figure out uh, a recording schedule. Now, is there, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is there something else in the works at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I've been recording the next what is probably going to be the next two Aerial Ruin albums um, since about September. I was writing and demoing them um, basically since lockdown started with the pandemic and then uh, went into the studio to start doing the real thing starting about September. I tend to record very slowly but surely at my friend's uh, home slash mobile studio called Lot 3 Audio. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's sort of a casual routine where I'll kind of go over there whenever he has time. So we tend to sort of plan out a few days ahead yep. at a time. And, you know, I'll go in, I don't know, three, four days a week sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes less, depending on the, on the workflow. So now uh, coming up, I'm getting fairly close to having completed the first of two new albums. Um, that will be sort of like twin albums that will come out, you know. Separate releases, but maybe six months apart or something. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool idea. I'm I'm really excited to actually hear that because um, I actually should say this because this is something very interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but maybe you have. But I often actually put on uh, Aerial Ruin to fall asleep. Actually, specifically um, the song. There's one song, and for some reason it's totally escaping my mind. But I'm opening my phone right now to try and find it it is um it's off nameless son it's how far that song oh it, it just puts me to sleep like it's like it's nothing but it's not because it's boring obviously it's because the your your voice is so calming to me at least you know like you 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 have this certain way of using your words and uh, having your vocal range go up and down. And I, I think it's just a beautiful way of doing it. If anyone hasn't listened to the album Nameless Sun by Ariel Ruin that is listening right now, please, by all means, go give it a listen. You guys will, you guys will definitely hear what I mean. But, but yeah, I, I love that. And then the album that you made with uh, Bell Witch, which I can never pronounce it ever. How do you pronounce it? Uh, Stygian Bow. Stygian Bow. That album. So I'm a really big Bell Witch fan. I, I I often also put on the song by the Mirror Reaper to fall asleep, which is really odd. People always look at me weird when I say that, but <laughs> oh, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the 
the mixture of your like voice, like haunting vocals and bell, Witch's low uh, growling and even some of their higher parts, I feel is just a beautiful mixture of, uh, of, Oh, you're welcome. Of, of it's just a beautiful mix of everything. I, it's what I love. That's why Stygian Bow is one of my favorite albums of all time, and I actually really do need to pick it up on vinyl. Yes. Also, like I said before, with Nameless Son, if you haven't listened to Stygian Bow and you're interested in all types of music and stuff, go listen to that. You will be blown away. But anyway, Eric. So. You are recording a new album. What else are you up to at this very moment? Uh, that's most of it, really. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I just sort of, after that, I've just been kind of like going for long walks and reading. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was watching dumb TV shows. And, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, pandemical life is, is, is pretty boring. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to be a really good year of touring this year. And that all got canceled or postponed. Although we did just announce uh, that Stygian Bow is going to be touring with uh, Wolves in the Throne Room and Blood Incantation in Europe uh, next October, November. Oh, that's which now awesome. with the vaccine coming out and everything, uh, I think, you know, we're hopeful that it's actually going to happen and not going to be canceled because, you know, yeah. they're sort of saying that the general population should be vaccinated by summer. So I think it might actually happen. And so that's a. Uh, going to be a very exciting tour with two really amazing bands. And uh, I think we'll continue doing more touring for Stygian Bow, hopefully in the U.S., hopefully in Canada, too. And then, um, you know, once I'm able to, I'll start doing solo tours again as well. So yeah. that's what uh, that's usually how I like, I like to spend as much of my time as possible with being on the road. So I hope that I'll do that this year. Yeah. Um, now, uh, no, oh, oh, my God, going to a Stygian Bow show for me would be like a religious experience because, like, uh, it's so good. I I do I do do a lot of meditation and stuff, but uh, I do I, I put on Stygian Bow to meditate sometimes because sometimes I need to hear that raw and like grittiness, right? To uh, to keep my mind off things so I can focus on your lyrics a lot and really get my mind going and stuff. So that's that's something that I do a lot. But uh, this isn't about me, obviously. But uh, um. You said that you were reading. What book are you currently reading at this moment? Or are you jumping between books? Or? I'm reading um, I, I'm reading two. I'm reading uh, Nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Sartre? Yeah, Jean-Paul Sartre. Yeah. 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 It's first, I've, you know, obviously he's an iconic uh, philosopher, author, but this is my first uh, foray into his work. And it's really good. About halfway through, it's pretty sort of nightmarish and yeah. Uh, you know, um, very interesting. Uh, Dylan from Bellwitch was also reading the same thing, and we've been talking about it. He's finished it now. He was saying the second half gets really uh, crazy and existential and weird. And so I'm curious to see uh, how that unfolds. And then I'm also reading uh, Redemption Arc by Alistair Reynolds. It's a British sci-fi novel. Um, I just got finished with the first one of that series called Revelation Space, which was really really interesting. It's like 500 years in the future, like, you know, humanity having colonized like the local region of the galaxy and a lot of very scientifically plausible, uh, you know, visions of what that society could look like, you know, in a real world scenario, you know, with 
you know, real science and physics, everything taken into account. Uh, I think the author actually was a scientist before, an astrophysicist maybe, uh, before he was ever an author. So his ideas are uh, all based on, on these you know, plausible ideas. So I, I'm finding that series really interesting as well. Yeah. Um, so was, when, when, when you're creating music yourself, uh, when when you uh, what inspirations do you usually draw from? Is it uh, is it a book? Is it certain bands or music or anything that you listen to? When you're really coming up with these lyrics and how these should sound, where do, where does it all come from? Well, um, I, Aerial Ruin is sort of I guess sometimes I describe it as it's like it's a bit like a it's kind of like spirituality. And it's sort of a meditation on the loss of the self. Like the most, you think about your most personal and intimate sort of thoughts and emotions. And then if you sort of eclipse the boundary that's, you know, below that and that dissolves and, you know, your sort of sense of self just sort of obliterates. That's kind of what I think about as, as aerial ruin is that space sort of right below it. So like I sort of, people also have to say it's all, it's very personal um, and I suppose it is, but it's also sort of subpersonal. It's kind of like you know, the death, the death of the ego. It came about through uh, spiritual experiences, a lot which were attached to psychedelic drugs and other sorts of experiences I had about you know starting about 20 years ago mm-hmm. that kind of led into this this project. And um, yeah, the Stygian Bows stuff is you know I've done all the guest vocals on the Normal Bell Child albums over the years and. And, you know, their lyrics have always been about, you know, sort of purgatory and ghosts and, you know, what that means in the human mind and all this kind of thing. So there's a very common thread between, uh, you know, their themes and my own themes and then the, the stuff that I write within the Bellwitch framework and now even further within the Stygian Bow framework. Yeah. So, yeah, um, maybe they're like two different perspectives, but uh, uh, I don't know looking at something similar, perhaps, if any of that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> no, no, I know that you, I, I, I totally understand what you mean. Um, a comparison that for some reason, and I don't, I don't know if you would understand when I say this, but whenever I listen to you or Bellwitch, it makes me feel like you guys really studied the divine comedy and you know what the divine comedy is, right? That's, is that Dante? Yeah, it's Dante. It's very, but Dante almost describes hell like obviously it's hell, right? It's the modern depiction of hell, but he describes it in almost it's gonna it's hard to say about it in like almost like this beautiful poetic way of describing hell because it's such like a it's a book, right? It's a it's one of it's it's one of it's how we modernized um, hell. The the hell comes. The, the modern day version of hell comes from the divine comedy, right? So, and when you're hearing that, you're when I hear Ariel Rowan and Bellwitch, it's almost like it's like Bellwitch is purgatory, like you said, right? You're right there, right on the edges of hell. And same thing with Ariel Rowan, it's like a lost soul almost traveling through hell. At least that's what that's how I feel uh, about about your work. And I think. And putting those two things together, at least for me, it's extremely beautiful. Like, even if that's maybe not what you intended to create or anything like that, to me, that's what I was able. That that's what I sort of put together, and I think it's just beautiful. 
it's just a great uh it's a great represent representation of spirit and uh artistic creativity i i feel well, well thank you yeah and i think that that's that's a really great reflection of it i mean i think that you know it's all sort of surreal and uh, and it's very stream of consciousness it's not really about something being a correct or incorrect interpretation you know what i mean yeah i think it's if it, if it takes you somewhere that feels spiritual and that is meaningful to you, then I think that that's, and you interpret it that way, that is you know, that is the right way to interpret it. I think it's open to interpretation in that sense. And I haven't actually read the Divine Comedy or like not really much of it, but I did do a lot of thinking about it when I was kind of going through a lot of my original experiences that led to all the aerial ruin inspiration and about like the different chambers of hell and the different levels of it and, yes. and all this kind of stuff. So in that sense, it, it does relate directly to, to that. Although, like I said, I have yet to dive deeply into it, but I think maybe my experiences were somewhat parallel to all that because I mean, these sort of spiritual thoughts, they're somewhat universal in the human experience, aren't they? So, you know, even without necessarily studying something, you may experience something similar to what somebody else did. And we are all like affected by the, the shared culture of, of ways of expressing this type of energy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, uh, it's when things are open to interpretation, they're open to very beautiful things. Like, uh, some, like there's the whole love story part of the divine comedy, right? There's obviously the modern interpretation of hell, but then there's Beatrice and that's Dante's lover, right? Like it's being taken down to hell. There's so many different ways of explaining it. So some people say maybe, maybe, um, what, what was it? It was, um, uh, Dante's version of hell, I, I read this somewhere, Dante's version of hell was like all the ways that he had to go through uh, to get Beatrice back. It was really bizarre. But some people say that Dante may have like legitimately killed for this Beatrice or whatever. Or maybe Beatrice wasn't a real person, but it was based off a real person sort of thing. So when it's open to all that, it makes, this, it makes the story and or the music even bigger you know it brings it into this bigger sort of spectrum and i think that is just insane because like you said humans have a very uh universal thought process right so when we have all all these different things that come together and humans every human feels sad at some point when we have humans all thinking the same uh it's gonna spiral out you know yeah 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 there's a it is. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a, a, you know, you can sort of spiral off in all these different and parallel directions, at, you know, and you can see yourself mirrored in other people's tales and other people's experiences. And that's the great thing about, you know, literature and music and art and the fact that we can share this stuff this way that, you know, in a sense, you can't, you may not be able to articulate it in a sentence, but you can articulate it, you know, in a deeper exploration that you may get from music yeah through, you know, oh yeah through something deeper you know yeah now moving away from this just a, uh, like a, a bit um something that i i do want to ask you is um um when making the stygian bow what were the inspirations for the lyrics and stuff behind that if if any but uh what what made you write the lyrics that you did 
Well, so that song goes back to the, the, the first collaboration I did with Bell, which was uh, the song Rose of Endless Waves from the Longing album, mm-hmm. their first full length. Um, so that song, um, they told me they had that song in an instrumental form with like Adrian, the original drummer's vocals, and Dylan's vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it was instrumental because there were vocal parts of relatively you know sparse throughout that song. And they played it instrumentally a couple of times and We've been friends, and I'd already brought up the idea of doing a guest vocal with them. So this is coming back, you know, 10, 12 years. And um, so they told me that this, the basic idea was that it was about a ghost uh, trapped, um, trapped on these waves trying to get to shore. So they just gave me this outline, and then I started writing the lyrics from, from my part based on this idea. And I started thinking of it like as the ghost of a king. And on the go and the if the, king, the ghost of this king could get to the shore, then he could become uh, he could become you know alive again, and then he could rule over his subjects and conquer the world the way he had in his life. And then I started also thinking about that as like you know sort of like like uh, the king is like a metaphor for the human species ruling over the rest of the, the species on Earth. Um, uh, and if the you know if if the, the ghost could get to the shore, then then mankind would sort of take over everything and you know obliterate the rest of the species on Earth. So I started thinking about it a little bit like as a meditation on the you know the human condition and, and our destructive power as well. So basically, that was the starting point for the Stygian Bow record. So this was like you know sort of like a, a quote unquote sequel to Rose of Endless Waves. So it, but instead of going towards the, the shore and thinking about that whole meditation of what would happen if this king was to become alive again. It's more the, the, the soul goes the other way, towards death, and, and sort of sees a bunch of things along the way, and there's a lot of sort of spherical imagery, and, uh, you know, and then it sort of channels a lot of very non-linear storyline kind of stuff that is just sort of a continuing meditation on the type of stuff that I kind of normally write about lyrically, like all the spiritual stuff I sort of referred to before. But it's basically, yes, it's a, in a sense, that's that's kind of what it is. It's a, it's a story, it's a continuation of the story of Rose of Swaves, but in its most simple, uh, but apparently long-winded fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say Ro- uh, Rose of Endless Waves is because... Um, on the Stygian Bow record, there is rows of endless waves, just right, yeah. right below the main skull on on the on the record. There's all these rows, and I didn't notice this before until today because I was actually listening to the album today and I was looking at the artwork. But I thought the 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 waves were throughout like the whole picture but they're actually in like a line and they start like spiraling one way and then going the other way i was like that's so cool because it's just like these waves in almost like space and i thought it was so cool but now hearing you say rose of endless waves that adds a little bit more to uh the album art yeah and it's kind of uh, you see the you know on the left hand corner of the of the of the artwork you know which is the gatefold if it's on the vinyl version yeah. you see that that human figure that's kind of morphing out of the waves, and that's the that's the ghost of the king that I was talking about. Wait, really? Then, I need to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then and then and then the way the sea kind of like goes up into this landless river, and then it curves behind 
the orb that's the skull that kind of, you know, represents death. And it's sort of, sort of like, you know, gazing in that direction. Like it's, that's kind of like, you know, the direction that this, this, our ghost is taken on in this, as opposed to, you know, uh, aspiring to the land like he does on the original song. Goes on the stairs. Yeah. And uh, for, for the song off the stadium bow, um, the bastard wind, uh, what, um, uh, what were the inspiration also just behind those lyrics? Because though that's, I know it's the first song off the album, but that's my favorite song off the album, The Bastard Wind, because the guitar riff that you play and also the acoustic video that you posted on your channel just just sounded beautiful because it, it sent, like obviously there's a little bit of effects on it, but you sounded just like how you do uh, in uh, on that video, just the acoustic version. So it was great to, to hear that, but... Those lyrics, uh, I'm guessing, were, were you the one who wrote them, or was it a mixture of uh, you and um, – I forget the Bellwitch guys' names, but was it a mixture of you and Bellwitch? Um, I wrote pretty much – I wrote the vast majority of the lyrics on, on that record. Um, oh. Dylan wrote a few of the lines that he sings himself, but oh. I ended up kind of just you know doing most of the vocals anyway because it just sort of naturally evolved into that. Yeah. And then I kind of – for the Jesse's death metal vocals, I ended up kind of writing about writing out a bunch of lines for him. And then he would like really chop them up into different syllables and go into the studio and sort of belt them out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that song, I mean, I think that basically the whole album, it's kind of, it's, it's all one sort of set of lyrics, you know, it's divided into these separate songs, but uh, uh, the way, what I just sort of described, I think, very much applies to the bastard wing and to the other songs as well. I mean, I could tell you specifically maybe what I was thinking about certain lines if you had any curiosities there, but I think that as an overall theme, I don't think I can describe it any differently than my former long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another thing just about the bastard wind, uh, I know it sounds like a, a dumb question, but uh, what is the bastard wind? It was just a line from the song, like, um, uh, you know, seconds waiting, the bastard wind. I was just sort of thinking about, you know, uh, or second waiting, actually, yeah. the bastard wind. Because uh, like second waiting is a reference to the fact that, you know, it's the second time we've seen this ghost because the first time was in the song Rosamund and Waves. And then, you know, you know, I just sort of imagine being that ghost, like sitting there on the waves, still not at the land, and like maybe contemplating a new journey, and then, you know, it being windy out there, and then the wind just sort of, you know, being there. So just, it's just as simple as that, really. It's not, it's not some great meaning behind the title itself, it's just a cool phrase. Yeah, I think that uh, that's one of the most interesting things that I've actually ever heard about uh, in music, that you brought sort of this character that... Uh, that you sort of that you made in like your head and brought him uh, a couple years later into the into a new album, right? I think that's a yeah, more like a nine or ten years later, actually. Yeah, like that's a that's just that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Like I'm gonna I'm actually later tonight gonna have to listen to both of those albums again. I'm gonna have to listen to uh, Longing and uh, the Stygian Bow again because I need I need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Need to hear yeah, it again. And uh, so, Eric, uh, we are currently sitting at 23 minutes. So I would just like to 
thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been an honor talking with you. Well, thank you. I uh, appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, good luck with continuing the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And Eric, this is where at the end of every podcast I say, that's that. <laughs>